Well, welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. I'm here with Claude Jennings, producer, yes. director, engineer, everything, sponsor, whatever. Yeah, you whatever are. you need, actually. Whatever. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's what I try to and be. I thank you. Long form today. Uh, this is the podcast that uh, talks about America, Donald Trump's America. We try to explain Donald Trump. And we talk about the threats to America. And today, that's all we're going to talk about. Um, and the, the threat to America represented by the left. And there's nobody better to talk about that than a guy who's just on fire talking about this and writing about this. My former colleague, Dennis Prager from Salem Radio, the Dennis Prager Show. Right. Founder and uh, head of uh, Prager University. Mm-hmm. Author of many books and uh, just a generally very wise man. And we will be talking to Dennis um, for a good bit of time. And I you hope guys are going to go long form with this. We're going to yeah. go, mm-hmm. go long form. I got a couple of thoughts about uh, a couple of things going on first. Um, I don't get the subpoena from Jerry Nadler committee to get, you know, the long form, speaking of long form, the full Mueller report, you know, minus redacted. There's some debate about that. The attorney general, Bill Barr, said he was going to give it to them by the middle of the month. He waited, waited two years for this report. We were all told to be patient because Mueller was, you know, doing a very deliberate job. Now we can't wait 12 days. Right. Uh, the other thing is, you know, is there some conspiracy? Bill Barr is keeping secret what's really damning about Donald Trump. Bill Barr is in conversation with Rod Rosenstein, who, you know, has been there from the beginning, and with and with Robert Mueller about, you know, what stays and what goes. Um, Robert Mueller's sooner or later going to testify. Right. I mean, do we really think Bill Barr would think he could get away with sort of you know, misrepresenting what's in the Mueller report. Not a chance. Not a chance, right. It's funny how Bob Mueller's stock has gone down. The Democrats aren't saying it yet. It all hinges <laughs> on what he says and what he does. Of course. I mean, if he comes out favorable uh, yeah. or with news that they yeah. say is favorable, then, you know, his stock yeah. goes yeah. up. No, that's right. Let me uh, talk for a minute about uh, this is such a hard one. I do not have an answer, uh, and that's the border stuff. Okay. Uh, because the president has said now said he will shut down the border. Is the crisis real? It's obviously real, totally real. Jay Johnson is the best witness they've had so far from the other side. Jay Johnson was uh, Secretary of Homeland Security under Obama. He said he would get up at night if they had more than 1,000 unauthorized crossings in a day. Now it's up to 4,000. Mm. He called 1,000 a day a crisis. 4,000 a day is catastrophe, and that's right. what we're looking at. And that is catastrophe. It's terrible, awful. And so one understands, totally understands the president's frustration and anger. Uh, on the other hand, he's threatened to close the border. And I've I noticed a lot of people have just done the numbers on this. And it's not good to close the border. You're going you're gonna to apparently gonna end up shutting down U.S. auto companies, mm-hmm. all sorts of trade. And maybe you can do it for commercial vehicles. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't see a good choice here because of, and let's just pin this tail on the right donkey, and it is a donkey, the Democrat donkey. Remember the elephant and the donkey. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't move. They just won't change the legislation. They won't acknowledge a crisis. And shame on them. And they should pay and pay and pay for this. Um, you know, there was Jay Johnson testifying, go down and look with your own eyes at what's going on down there. The president is between a rock and a hard place. This is what we call in philosophy, a case, clear case of insufficient options. And, um, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. I think it was Byron York actually who wrote a piece. Uh, and I think the headline was, um, how bad does this things need to get at the border for the Democrats to at least acknowledge that there's a crisis. Um, if you look at things now, 
yes. and to say that it's not a crisis. Yes. Well, then what's what's the threshold? How? Because you can disagree with how to address the crisis, but there's no debate that there's a crisis. At least there shouldn't be. However, they'll say that there's not a crisis at the border. No, that's it, unbelievable. It, it's unbelievable. It is when unbelievable. You hear the stories it, and you see what's happening. It is unbelievable. It is a crisis, and this is a threat to America. Yeah, we can we can differ on, on how to address it, but let's just at least all acknowledge that there's a crisis at the border. Politics in this place in an interesting way. I, I'm, I I'll, I'll give a kudo to Carl Wall. Help help me understand this. He said politically. The president wins on secure borders, keeping the country as a country. But the Democrats are ahead on immigration in general. Uh, and so that's where the standoff is, because they see political advantage in standing it off and, and not acknowledging it, because they're the, compact, quote, compassionate party. But it's terrible. They're a failure to acknowledge reality is terrible. They should be held accountable. One other thing I want to bring up, uh, you probably don't even know about this. I snuck off to Fox News yesterday, Fox and Friends. Okay. Today, I snuck off to America's newsroom. You have been busy. Uh, yeah, but and I didn't tell you, and I didn't right. tell you to turn on your TV or anything. <laughs> but I've been thinking about and talking about Joe Biden a little bit, okay? Yeah. So I was on this morning, and they asked me about Joe Biden and the hugging. Mm-hmm. A little handsy. Here's what I said. He's a little handsy. I also said I'd give him a little room. Okay. First of all, I think he's preternaturally, you know, born this way. I think he's a handsy guy, a tactile guy. We know people like that. Mm-hmm. Some people talk with their hands. Some people emote with their hands. Um, also, I give him a little room because this guy suffered more than losses than most people personal life. Mm-hmm. Lost his wife and his daughter in an automobile accident. Mm-hmm. Lost his son recently, Bo. Right. Uh, and so he, he said, and he said in a very recent statement, he likes to make connection, but he'll be more careful. In addition to that, these things that have been charged, man, I don't know, you know. It's a difference between someone doing something that makes you uncomfortable than someone intentionally trying to assault you. You, you know what I mean? If you had been watching Fox instead of, I don't know what you were doing, sleeping late, <laughs> you were probably up to at your studio doing your other work. I was working on my putting. Okay, and you're putting it down. <laughs> you would have said that I said, this is not Harvey Weinstein. when he's right. Nothing approaching it. So he stands there in a receiving line, his hands on a, on a person's waist. And it's one thing crazy. to say, you know, I felt uncomfortable when they did this, but that's different from they intentionally touched me this way. I know. Yeah, forcibly, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, I know. Uh, okay. Anyway, you know, I'm going to give him a little room here. He says he's going to stop. Okay, stop. It's also a different world. It's, the world has changed. He's in the Me Too world. Yeah. But then it occurred to me what's going on here is, is the left, which we're going to be talking about at length today with Dennis, has decided to take him out. And this is an easy way to take him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, I said on the show today, you know, this is pretty weak stuff. I mean, maybe they used to take them out because of the power of the, of the Me Too movement. And then I said, because I was talking to a friend of ours, I won't mention that name because he may be writing about it, may not. I said, you know, they really want to take them out. They should play those uh, proceedings from my confirmation and my hearings when Joe Biden was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee and I was the first drug czar. Mm-hmm. Where he said, I'm with you, I'm with you 100%. Called me highly intelligent, highly committed, and right on target. Mm-hmm. In February of 1990, think about this. You know my reputation as drugs are. The left thinks I was the worst drugs are ever because I right. was the most punitive and mm-hmm. draconian and mean and stuff. Uh, Joe Biden said, I see you want more money for law enforcement. He said, you're right. I think I'll give you even more than you asked for. Now, if the left wants to take him out, use that. You know, <laughs> that kind of pro- closest yeah. to Bill Bennett. <laughs> I mean, my gosh! I mean, I'm I'm a vilified on the left as a, as kind of arch 
yeah. demon of um, of uh, a drug policy. By the way, the policies which he supported of ours worked. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it again to this audience. Drug use went down in the late 80s. Uh, from uh, 1979 1992, drug use went down by 50%. Wow. It preceded me, and it went on after me, and I'm not taking personal responsibility for it, but we didn't hurt. And the presidency of George Herbert Walker Bush helped a lot, and our policies helped, and private sector helped, and schools helped, and Joe Biden helped. Now, did I just give him the kiss of death by saying that? Maybe. If the, le- <laughs> if the left hears this, they're going to say, boy, you should hear Bill Bennett said he and Joe Biden were hand in glove. I was proud to be hand in glove with him. He was recommending sound policies. He supported me in everything I tried to do. And we got a lot of good stuff done. Let's talk about the left. Let's talk to Dennis Brake. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Bill Bennett Show. The great Dennis Prager joins us, and this man is on fire. He is just, uh, I mean, you've been you've been a smart guy your whole life, but the last year or two, Dennis, it's been fantastic to listen to. It really has. It's the uh, vitamins I take. Okay. Yeah, all right. Send me the list, please. Dennis, let's, let's start with something in the news. I really want to talk about, because I think it's so important that people get a good sense of it, about the predations of the left and the American culture and civilization and institutions. Wonderful list you put together. But let's start with something contemporary in politics. Is the left right now, because I was talking about this today on TV, I'm just curious what you think. Is the left right now trying to destroy Joe Biden? Yeah. I, I mentioned that on my show today. The uh, When uh, Nancy Pelosi says, well, that's not disqualifying. <laughs> I think I think that's sort of a giveaway. Is that the kiss of death or what? It's not disqualifying. So uh, and then the New York Times has this big piece on it. They, they don't look. They don't want him as their nominee. Uh, I don't know who their favorite is. Uh, it, the truth is, it's irrelevant. Uh, it, it, in other words, it's ideologically irrelevant. I, I, I think pragmatically they may have favorites, but they're all on the left. Joe Biden stands for nothing, so he would be on the left. So it, from my perspective, as one who regards the left as a mortal threat uh, to the West, uh, it's irrelevant to me. I understand. I, I did say I had a kind of devilish idea, and this will be the last the audience will hear from you. We, me, they want to hear from you. Is I said, if you really want to destroy this guy in terms of the left, uh, show the tapes of uh, he and I talking about, him and me talking about uh, drug policy in 89-90. I'm regarded as the worst drugs are ever by the left, as you know. We were very effective. We got the problem down. Joe Biden and I worked hand glove. When I said I wanted more money for law enforcement, he said, that's not enough. We got to give you more. If those things ever get out publicly, uh, you know that he was hand in glove with me. I think he's toast. Anyway, I think that yeah, that would pretty much do it. Yeah. I agree. Okay, in cahoots with me, almost as bad as being in cahoots with you. Yeah, yeah. The institutions of American society, which have been taken over, hurt, or even destroyed by the left. Where do we begin? Well, first of all, all right, we'll talk about America than the West. The, let's understand something. The United States is founded on the principle of limited government. There are many other principles, uh, two others in particular, but I'll get to them in a moment. 
But limited government is the sine qua non of the American experiment. As I came up with the saying many years ago, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. So the, we celebrate the individual, the uh, the left, and every and, and and every monarchy and every every dictatorship celebrates the state. Only America does not celebrate the state. Uh, but uh, Americans are gradually drifting leftward, and therefore celebrating the state. So that's the first thing that they are shattering, is specifically American. Uh, next, they prefer equality to liberty. Uh, the French Revolution was about equality. The American Revolution was about liberty. Uh, these are the heirs of the French Revolution. Uh, the uh, and George W. Bush used to used to say that uh, everybody yearns, all all humans yearn for freedom. It's just not true. Uh, I, I, if I may make reference to the the, the most important thing. Well, one of the most important things I'm engaged in now is my five-volume commentary on the Bible. And, and, and I show in the first volume of the Rational Bible, as I call it, uh, the, uh, the, the Israelites leave Egypt and then they complain to Moses, oh, it was much better there, we had meat. Now, they were, they were not starving in the, uh, in, the, in, in the wilderness. They had manna, uh, but they didn't like it as much as they liked meat. So they would prefer to be slaves with meat than free with manna. That's the human condition. People want to be taken care of. They don't want to be free. The American, the Amer give me liberty or give me death is counter natural. So everything about America, and then it goes, the arts, they have ruined the arts. They have ruined religion. They have ruined Catholicism. They have ruined Judaism. They have ruined Protestantism. Obviously, there are traditional Catholics, Jews, and Protestants, but, uh, but for the mainstream of all of them, they have ruined it. Uh, whatever the left has touched it ruins, it is uh, the, the latest, which is truly frightening, is the war against male-female uh, distinction. So the, uh, you know, it's, they think that global warming is existential. I think leftism is existential. Well, let's talk about that, uh, uh, the distinction between male and female. I always think of a great line of Chekhov's, I think. He says, he and she is the machine that makes fiction work. Indeed, it's the machine that makes life work. That's right. Yeah, what, I never what, heard that. Uh, I never heard that saying, but that's correct. Add it to the repertoire if it's worthy of it, of your repertoire. But tell yeah. us the what is the effort to destroy the genders? Okay, so here's my latest understanding of the left. Again, I'm just so preoccupied with it. Forgive me for mentioning it again, but the Bible, uh, sure. Yeah, the next volume of my my, my thing, uh, my uh, commentary, the Rational Bible's Genesis, is coming out very shortly, and. Uh, and I, I know the Hebrew like I know the English, this, so it's, uh, it's been very important for my ability to do this. What, what God does uh, in Genesis 1 and 2 is not so much create, though obviously God creates, but create is only used three times. God, what God really does, in addition to create, is make order out of chaos. The second verse and and the, and the earth was tohu vavohu. The the earth was null and void. Really means there was chaos. God then makes distinctions between night and day, uh, between land and and water, uh, and of course between good and evil, between man and God. Uh, uh, it, it's just the, the world is formed. The biblical worldview is formed on distinctions. The left is chaos, and it has obliterated all distinctions. The only distinctions it cares about, the biblical worldview doesn't care about, like race. But they, 
They want to obliterate the only distinction, the only one that God says is important intrinsically to the human being, and that is male-female. God created Adam, the human being, male and female, he created them. Says that twice. Uh, and, And that is the essential and only significant distinction within the human species that's built in. Okay. What are they doing? Tell us what the... What, what the platform is, what the stages are, well, where is this happening, where do we see it? They are a force of chaos. The left trying to find a coherent view within leftism is almost impossible. And I've studied since I was at the Russian Institute at Columbia when I studied under Brzezinski, when he was a professor there, his, my field was communist affairs. So I have spent uh, a half a century studying uh, studying the left. If you say to a, a Jew or a Christian, so where do you get your values from? So they'd say, okay, read the Bible. You pretty much know, right? That's a fair answer. Yeah. Okay. You ask a leftist, where do you get your values from? They don't have a text. There is no text. They're not going to say dust copy file. They never read it in their lives, if if even they know it exists. So there is no text. It's feeling. To understand the left, you must understand, essentially, it is really just chaos. And the whatever exists, bothers them. The Boy Scouts exist. It bothers them. They tear down, but they do not create a substitute. There is no left-wing Boy Scouts. There is no left-wing institution to mold boys into men. But the only one that did exist, well, that's not the only one, but the biggest one that existed, the Boy Scouts, they killed. So the uh, with male, female, that's that's a structure that they wish to tear down. They don't even know why. There is right. no coherence to it. So, so there's no program at the end, no utopia at the end. Yeah, no. there is a utopia, yes. But it's not a defined utopia. It's a utopia of, well, we will all just live in, in a paradisical uh, uh, state and if you want to write poetry, you'll write poetry. You will never have to work. I mean, it's a make-believe. They're children. There is a very childish aspect to leftism, and it is, it is a dream of uh, that you give up. You should give up when you're five, but they don't give up. It's it's just this hope for this this just great place. Men will be just like women. Women will be just like men. They can't handle tension. So there is inherent male-female tension. They wish to obliterate that. And how do you obliterate it? By obliterating male and female. Yeah. You know, you uh, not only destroyed the Boy Scouts uh, to a great degree. I'm speaking to a Boy Scout chapter, and boy, they're really kind of clutching and holding on to what they can, but it's very rough going right now. But maybe uh, also... Uh, dealt a death blow to the Girl Scouts. Uh, but, but, you know, you use the word chaos, and I know you use it a lot. The first expression I heard about a thing that I got me going, because uh, we, we actually were legal residents of North Carolina, was the whole bathroom thing, which seemed to me so absurd on its face that how could anyone be serious about this? You get to go to the bathroom of the gender of your choice. And I thought, well, this will be laughed out of town. Uh, the fact that it wasn't bothered me about life uh, in America. But the word I heard from the first North Carolina official of my point of view, he said, well, this will create chaos. That was the object, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. The, it, it's order connotes the thing. They, what is it the left most hates? The Bible and God. They, they really do. They, the, the ultimate mockery 
uh, of those of us who take those things seriously. Uh, I, I know from Prager University, where we had a billion views last year. So I follow what are the most hated of our videos. And it's very, it's very interesting. The, all of them, are all, nearly all are hated the, by the left. But the ones that get the most hate and derision are the ones that argue for God's existence. It's very interesting. Really? Yes. It's very, very, it's been very revealing. And not only is it, uh, do they get the most hate, they get the most derision. They, there is no, the mockery is the most intense with regard uh, to, uh, to God and the Bible. Uh, uh, so when I, I did one of the videos, I don't, obviously I do only a small percentage of the videos, but we have 400 of them. But I, I, when I, I did one on, uh, how do you know murder is wrong if, if there is no God who said so? That, I, that's not the title, but it's basically that. So, the, which of course, every atheist philosopher till the modern period acknowledged if there's no God, all morality is subjective. I mean, it didn't, you don't have to be a believer to know that. That's either true or not true. But they're so unsophisticated today because they've gotten a college education and they're, therefore they're, they don't think clearly. They don't understand that everything is subjective, morally speaking, if there is no God. So a typical thing would be, oh, Prager. I guess he'd be murdering if he didn't believe in in God. That's what they, so everything, so ultimately to answer your point back to male-female, order connotes God and biblical worldview. Therefore, order is bad. But if if order is bad, and if they send everything into chaos, is it by chance that they've been so successful? I mean, are, are, are they organized in the pursuit of chaos? They seem pretty organized. They seem pretty good at running through this uh, plethora of American institutions and taking them down. Yes, because it's not done in the name of chaos. It's done in the name of beautiful ideals, non-discrimination, non-bias, equality, uh, and, and of course, uh, appeals to the baser instincts. The, the biggest violation of the Ten Commandments on the left is the tenth. Do not covet what belongs to your neighbor. They, they, they're based on coveting. The idea that there are people wealthier than me and I should not resent that, that is alien to them. So uh, th- this the egalitarian impulse, which again, it's all it's all there. That's why I love it. It's all there in the Bible. There's th- this famous. Well, I mean, most people don't know it anymore because people are biblically illiterate. But there's a, there is there there it was once famous. The, the there's a rebellion and the biggest rebellion against Moses in the Book of Numbers, the fourth book, by by led by a man named Korah. And uh, this this guy, his argument is is perfect. He said, "Who are you? Aren't we all holy?" And and that's exactly the left's view. Who are you? Aren't we all holy? So we should all have the same income. Why should you, why should anybody have more money than me? That's that's wrong. Uh, another puzzle, or explain. Uh, all right, we're, we're all holy. Equality, not not liberty, as you say. But when the left takes over, as it has in some places in the 20th century, we know it's pretty, it, it, it's it's very dismal, uh, and it's not very equal, and it's not very holy, and it's totally destructive. Mao, Stalin, right? Right. Well, they, look, if they've shattered moral norms, morality is not transcendent. Morality comes from them. Uh, at uh, Hofstra University, they, the students have voted to take down the Thomas Jefferson statue. Yeah, yeah. 
So what are these uh, these pipsqueak minds? What do they think? They think that they are more moral than Jefferson. So when you have when you have kids who think they're more moral and and wiser than Thomas Jefferson, uh, that's very scary. That means there's there's no there's no self assessment. I am right. I can do whatever I want. The um uh, well, I don't know, just a small contribution, but I remember touring the schools when Mrs. Bennett, you know Elaine Bennett, sent me out. She said, go to the schools, find out what's going on, then write your reports. And I said, hey, honey, I'm the secretary of education. I don't do retail, I do wholesale. And she, the daughter of a salesman, said, do retail and you'll do better wholesale. So, so I went around, and I remember looking at bulletin boards, and I started to see, you know, and this was... You know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, all the stuff on the bulletin boards about you are the most important person in the world. You, it all, it's all about you. I said, boy, we're going to pay for this someday. That's the we are all holy line again in modern. That's right. That's exactly right. You got that. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I I haven't heard that one yet, but yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, we're all special. Like at Life of Brian, you are all individuals. We are all individuals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. One of, you know, one of the great scenes in film. And, and then uh, there is uh, the, the whole self-esteem movement, which I knew from the outset. And I wrote as soon as it started. I wrote, this is, this is, this is bizarre. So people need self-control, not self-esteem. And by the way, it turns out uh, Roy Baumeister, a, a very, very a prominent criminologist, University of Florida used to be a case Western. Uh, yeah. He has written, and I and I cite him, and in some things of, of that I've written, uh, uh, he has written the people with the most self esteem he ever met were murderers. Right. Yeah. You read Manson's stuff; it's all about him and how great he is. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, or, or here's another one. The um, I was in a home recently, and there was a uh, a plaque over in the bathroom as it happened over the toilet that it said uh, follow your heart and I thought they, they gotta be kidding I can't think of worse advice right uh, and what's uh, the thing taught uh, Shakespeare's not taught much anymore but where it is the worst piece of advice uh, ever in Shakespeare is what's uh, lauded to thine own self be true what what why supposing you're Manson Man- Manson has a whole two hours on how he was true to himself there was a, on the Oprah show once there was a uh, a uh, a child pornographer and uh, child abuser and he say he, he he very much played into the times the audience didn't like him but he said you know I'm, I, I am I am who I am I am true to myself I'm just I'm true to myself and there was scattered applause for him <laughs> that's exactly right you you grew up religious Catholic I grew up religious Jew right you know the theologies were different, but the values were identical. And and uh, you know that's the last neighborhoods that, were not so far away either. Right. Yeah, no, no, they said exactly. That's exactly. I, right, I right. thought the world was mostly Jewish. I grew up in Flatbush, thought, New right, York, and, and I thought the world was mostly Italian. Okay, so then, <laughs> exactly. we both had right. an awakening. All right, right. So, but we we both we both learned, you know. That we're not the be all and end all. That you know, there's a God. There's 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 a Bible. There's a for you a Christ. For me, the yeah. rabbi. I mean, it, yeah. it's an endless series of people who were better than me. But but is again, I want to put together the the success with the 
you know, the end game and, and the chaos, because I'm looking at my own field here of, uh, we could look at the drug thing too, which is just now being taken over by the left, obviously. Education. And I don't mean the obvious university stuff. We all know about that. And it's very, very important because it trickles down. But I'm looking at the elementary, middle, and secondary schools. And I said the other day, Dennis, I said, you know, all this talk about socialism, whose fault is it? It's my fault. Dennis, it's my fault. I was the secretary of education. Instead of talking about accountability, and tenure and basic disciplines. I should have been teaching a series on the history of socialism. The history. So it's my it's it's my fault. But that aside, yeah. I'm not really going to take responsibility. But I, you know, there are other things I could have done. But how did they so successfully take over the schools? I'm I'm with Plato on this one. The most important question is who gets to teach the kids and what do we teach them? And that's what you were just talking about. I was taught that I was a sinner that I had to work hard to be worthy that, you know, uh, life was hard and challenging, and the task was to become a better person, which I was not. I was not the center of the universe. Look, I, I so I, it's as if I went to school with you, because I have said so often in speeches that in secular schools, you're taught that the biggest struggle in your life is with America. You and I were taught that the biggest struggle in our life is with ourselves. Yeah. It's an entirely different Weltanschauung, and that is a worldview, and that that is the difference. The biggest problem for you, Dennis Prager, my rabbis would say, is you. You've got to battle your appetites, your 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 bad desires, your 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 crooked nature, and that's you got. The, that's what I mean. You got the same thing. We could have switched schools; it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. It's, but, but in secular school, it's the the root of the problem. You asked that was your question. The root is secularization. Secular government is fine. Secular everything else is a failure. And what follows from that is the deconstruction, if you'll allow me, of these institutions and the practices of these institutions. So if a thing was good, it was pretty much thrown out. You know, reading, 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 read, read in a discipline. Well, not so important. Creative writing, read great writers. No, write your feelings, write your thoughts. Um, right. Math and science. Here, here's, here's, here's one, math. Well, you know, kids figure out, I heard this guy say, most kids figure out at seven or eight they're not good at math, and that's the end of the game. That's the end of the game? You decide at seven or eight? Who says that? Well, if you have a notion of self-esteem, you can make a decision at seven. I guess now, Dennis, you're getting me all excited here, I guess you can decide what sex you want to be at six or seven, and your parents are supposed to respect that. Is that correct? There was an article in a, a Norwegian professor just wrote that, uh, and I, I believe this will happen. Uh, he wrote, there is no reason why you cannot change your age on, on your uh, uh, identification document. <laughs> yeah, no, no, wait, I don't know. Is he going, for, hey, is he going for the women's vote? Is he going for the women's vote? Yeah, exactly. Well, not just the women. No, he may be going for women, period. Forget okay, yeah, going vote. for the women, yeah, yeah. Hey, honey, yeah. you look 29 uh, to me. I, yeah. I, I'm not 70, I'm 50. Yeah, oh, I get you. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, no, no, but, and by the way, I know, I don't feel my age. I, I don't right. feel any different than I did at 20, so I, I, why aren't I 20? Yeah. Uh, if, if what you feel defines what you are, then I don't know the argument against him. Well, yeah, my knees would tell me, would bring me back to reality. The knees that once were bold and brave. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, is, it, is it the belief, I remember reading a couple of articles, 
on this by a couple of psychiatrists, um, commentary magazine stuff years ago. It's the will, the belief in the will that you can will anything. I remember uh, in the schools, this thing, this thing is, well, still out there. You can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. I cannot, I cannot be, and maybe you can't. I don't want to say anything about you. I can't be a pole vaulter, Dennis. You know me. And I also cannot be an electrician. I just don't have the goods for it. Right. No, no. We have a video up by Mike Rowe. Do not, do not follow your passion. (laughs) It is so intelligent. That's what young people, follow your passion. I love when these Hollywood stars get the Academy Award in the days that I used to watch it before it became a, a left wing. Another thing, by the way, it's another thing that they ruined, the Academy Awards. Everything the left touches, it ruins. There was no exception. A- anyway, I used to watch it, and I remember actress after actress, in particular, more than actors, they'd get the Academy Award, you know, oh, you know, I grew up, I was a, I was a girl on a farm in Idaho, but I followed uh, my my wish, and I knew one day, I mean, how, but how many people win an Academy Award, one a year? If all these other farm girls in Idaho following their wish are going to end up waiting tables in Hollywood. Yeah. What do you follow? I try, believe it or not, this is going to sound corny, I try to follow God's will. I do a, I do a, a failing job, but you, but I try to. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Bible. In a, you know, God tells me, I give the example in there. I had troubles with my parents like most people have when I was in my early 20s and late teens. But I always showed them honor and respect because I literally, literally believed God had instructed me, honor your father and mother. Yeah. We were, uh, and, and you find God's will in the Bible. God's will is in the Bible. That's where you find yeah. chapter and, and verse. Not only, I not only find God's will in the Bible, I actually find God in the Bible. The biggest vehicle of, of me to God, people believe in the Bible because they believe in God. I have the opposite. I believe in God because I believe in the Bible. Uh, I, we were uh, driving through uh, central Pennsylvania, and I recalled a visit I ma- uh, we made, uh, I made with President Bush, George Herbert Walker, and we went up to the Amish community because um, it was a transshipment point, believe it or not. Drug dealers were using that uh, nice area because they knew there weren't very many cops, feds around to uh, to run drugs. So we went up there after this big bust in, I think it was Lancaster. And the president said, why don't we visit with some of the elders there? And we went, and it was, you know, just like right out of the movies. But we sat there, and we met the chief elder. I don't know if that's the right name for him. But uh, President Bush said, well, you don't have much drug problem in this community. What, what's the answer? And this guy pulled this Bible out, and he p- pointed his finger, jammed his finger into it, and said, it's here. It is all here, Mr. President. It was a great moment. It even made it to some of the evening news, but not a lot. It was a great moment. Oh, so he was pointing to the Bible, not to one specific uh, verse. Yes, just to the Bible. Yeah, it's no, all. I, I, it's I, all I, here. Yeah. It's all here. He said, yeah, "It's all in that's here." That's right. Well, well, it's true. It is. That, that, that's the point. That's why I'm writing my thing for people to know that all, all they've heard about the Bible is mockery. Let's talk about the religious institutions. Why aren't they more impervious to these kind of attacks? They, after all, are in the God business, supposedly. Uh, the, what? I'll tell you. Here's this. 
I've worked on that question my whole life. Here is my my nutshell answer. The people who believe the Bible is the word of God have stayed conservative and true to their faith. The people who think it's all man-made have drifted leftward. That's the dividing line. Um, Let me throw another example at you. That's the dividing line between the left and the right within religion. Say it again. Say it again. The people who believe that the Bible is the word of God have stayed true to the faith and not been not allowed themselves to bend to the winds of, of the New York Times editorial page or, or Columbia University. Whereas the people who believe that the Bible is all man-made, very, and by the way, it's all logical. If men wrote it, men can change it. End of issue. I remember when I was living in North Carolina giving a talk at Duke Divinity School. I was running the National Humanities Center. I gave a talk at Duke Divinity School. And I use the expression, God knows. I said, well, you know, you all know better than I do whether God knows. Certainly, this is the right place. And, of course, the answer I got was, well, that all depends what you mean by God. And a friend of mine, a friend of mine, a friend of mine afterwards said, you got to realize this is the divinity school, but not very many people here believe in God. There is no bigger oxymoron in this in this society than divinity schools. Let's, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say, what is that? What is this? Um, oh, God. Uh, I've just been reading him. Uh, 12 Rules for Life, uh, the Canadian professor. Peterson. Yeah. Gordon, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. So Jordan Peterson was actually invited to Cambridge University to uh, teach for six months at, at the divinity school, and they disinvited him. Right, right. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's not even, and he's not even, particularly religious. Right. He just he just he believes though that that we have a lot to learn from from Christianity. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um yeah, I was there's <laughs> a lot a joke we Catholics make sometimes. I heard it once someone said, "Well, we had John Paul II and then we had Benedict, two Catholics in a row." Pretty good. That, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. That that is very funny. Yeah. There was an old joke like that. There was a Jewish one like that. There, uh, of course, you had it first. Of course, you did. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It was an old joke. Something to the effect, "Oh God, the um, there are rabbis who know Hebrew, and then there are progressive rabbis." Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like your uh, your uh, thing about the two Catholics. Does the media need to be here in the corrupting process? Or if these other institutions are going or rotting because of the left, is the media just irrelevant or is it a major agent of, of this? Ma- major uh, agent. How major, so? major. Oh, well, uh, I made this point. I've said this now for a little while. The biggest single revelation, perhaps, of my last 10 years or 20 years, that's a big statement, is uh, I, having been a student of totalitarianism, I was convinced that only in a totalitarian regime can the press brainwash people. And the the Western media have shown me that even in free nations, the press can brainwash people. Uh-huh. It's a very scary thing. Is the president right on this? Fake news? Totally right. 100% right. <laughs> yeah. they they lie they not only lie by commission they lie by omission yeah. what they what they what they don't report about the people they like yeah yeah today uh Jerry Nadler chairman Nadler said they you know they can't wait they're going to subpoena for the full Mueller report we've had to wait 2 years while the august and deliberate Mueller was doing this then lo and behold he doesn't find collusion uh, or conspiracy uh now these guys can't wait 10 days uh, it's uh, it's remarkable, and the, pre- and the press is all the press is all behind them. Um, yeah. Let's. You've had a full day. You've done a fabulous show. You 
talk to people. You run your great university. Uh, by the way, should we get in a plug? Where should people go if they want information about you, Prager University? Prager, well, PragerU.com is great, or my website, DennisPrager.com. Obviously, they're not the same thing, but they're the same guy behind it. But uh, either one, uh, look, uh, we're, we're trying to undo the damage of the left with PragerU. I mean, I'm trying to do it with everything, but that's that, thank God, has had some effect because we had a billion views, and 65% of them were under 35 years of age. That's great. Yeah, it is. It is. That's really great. Um, yeah. The last two questions, then, because given the power of the left, uh, every institution it touches, it corrupts or destroys. Are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? Are we going down? You know, do you know, you wouldn't remember, I don't expect you to remember this. You and I were on a panel and uh, so was the late, great uh, Catholic guy from uh, from Eastern Europe. Uh, I mean, he's American, but he was from Eastern Europe and he wrote on, on the wings of eagles or, you know, the two about America being founded on the, on the um, Hebrew Bible and, and oh yeah, uh, yeah. anyway, it, it was very interesting. It was you, me, uh, uh, he, and, and somebody else. And the issue of optimism arose and the only optimist uh, turned out on the panel was actually an American Protestant. So uh, you, you weren't, I don't believe, uh, or, and, uh, this he wasn't, and I wish I remembered his name because he's a great man. And I wasn't. And uh, American Protestants are, are are optimistic because they've had it very good, and and thank God, I love them. They founded America. I am indebted yeah. to them. Yeah. But uh, uh, but especially uh, this professor and myself. Uh, he said, you know, Dennis is a Jew, and I'm and I'm from East Europe. We know how bad things can get, and uh, that that haunts me. With the, the, if you break down institutions, you will get the gulag and Auschwitz and killing fields, yeah. and and uh, no society is immune because human nature is is pretty awful, and uh, that's that's my fear. So uh, let's put it this way: I was utterly pessimistic on election day, twenty sixteen. Yeah, uh, when when uh, this all. Very strange development of a man with his background saved the country, at yep. least for the time being. Yeah, uh, I, I look. You know what? You'll you'll crack up. I told my two boys. I said, "Boys, you know, you know, I I can't describe the happiness that I had uh, on the nights that you guys were born, but I got to tell you, the night Trump won, I was even happier." <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. Oh, I know, I know, I know. My boys brought me to uh, to Donald Trump. You met one of my sons, uh, the Marine Joe. Yeah. Bennett. Anyway, they they brought us. They brought us to Donald Trump and an appreciation of him. And boy, I I've been there since. Here's what I say, and actually, I cite the Bible here as only a Catholic can, which is very imperfectly. Uh, and you know, we're not allowed to unless we have a priest. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> people say you optimist or pessimist. I say I am with Isaiah. Uh, help me, Dennis. It's all wind and ashes in the end. It's all, you know, creations of man, nothing. Uh, but uh, that's theoretically. But operationally, I'm an optimist. Get up in the morning. What can I do to oh, put, push well, back that, today? Right. Well, but I have I have an even more sober view. Okay. It's irrelevant to me whether you're an optimist or pessimist. You still have to get up in the morning and fight. Right. The guy who invaded uh, the, the Nazi uh, the hangouts on Normandy Beach I'm not sure they were all optimistic. They just knew what they had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on an airplane recently, and I was talking to this guy, Army guy in, in business. 
And I could tell from the tilt of the head of the guy in front of me, I'm sure you can tell, that this guy in front of me was irritated, bothered by our conversation. Uh, so I asked my partner uh, to, to, keep, to keep it down. Anyway, I, I, he asked me the question. I'm going to ask you. He said, how come it's Hitler, Hitler, Hitler? I mean, I understand the horrible atrocities of Hitler. How come it's not Stalin? And how come it's not Mao? Well, all right. So good. Thank you. Because I have a video up. I only do 10% of the 400 videos, but I, I have a video up at PragerU.com. Why isn't communism as hated as Nazism? Okay. And there were, there were many, we'll get there, well, there are many reasons. Uh, one of them is the obvious. I mean, the Holocaust is a unique evil, mm-hmm. but that, but, but in numbers, you know, Mao and Stalin, you know, dwarf Hitler because Hitler didn't have enough time. Uh, and they did, uh, uh it, it is, an, it's, it's, uh, but the, uh, there are a lot of reasons. Another reason is, um, they look, they're on the left. They're, they're far left, yeah. but they're on the left. And yeah. the, the truth is liberals hate communism. Leftists don't. That's it, isn't it? I mean, I really, I really, that's what I said. I really think that's it. And he said, uh, he said, Hitler killed people because they were Jews. I said, if I'm a peasant killed by Stalin, do I care whether he killed me because I'm a Jew or a peasant? Um, well, people should read uh, the the Red Famine by Ann Applebaum, who's no, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. you know, who's no no uh, conservative, a grumper. And 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 you know, uh, there were six million Ukrainians deliberately starved to death. They they, they ate their children. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's what people have to understand. Stalin deliberately starved them. All food going there was interdicted. So it's 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 an easy target. Obviously, uh, what Hitler did, we don't need to talk about it. But if there's a hesitation hesitation to condemn them in the same breath or with the same that's right. intensity that's right the, it shows you're a moral idiot the greater uh the greater atrocities of the left all right what do we do what do we do every day get up and uh i remember irving crystal said well whatever you think be like those soviet generals they get up in the morning they sh- shave and they think while they're shaving how can we hurt them today you know so what what do we what do you do when you get up in the morning what's your advice to the audience that's well, worried about uh, I, the country okay. by the way sure. I'm, I'm curious about this i can take any amount of incoming criticism sitting on a panel about me you're terrible you're awful when they start talking about the country america that's what sets me off well i have actually said and i say it in my column this week which is uh how the left keeps me religious uh i i said that uh, I've written this and said this, and I'm saying it as a Jew, a committed Jew. A Jew's written a book on anti-Semitism. We taught Jewish history at Brooklyn College. And that is the greatest libel since the medieval libel, the Jews used Christian kids' blood for matzah on Passover. The second biggest libel is that America is racist. Yeah. That's how bad it is. All whites are racist is a pure, undiluted lie. Yes, sir. Dennis, so thank what, you. What, all right. Listen, it, it, uh, it's a joy to be with you, Bill. You're, you're, you're a treasure. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, may your fame and glory and university extend uh, to the far reaches of the, of the universe. Really, it's, your stuff is great. Thank you. And Thank it's you so, so encouraging. You know, George Elliott, you know, George Elliott, we always use the word excellence. She got the best definition for me. She said, the reason we value, love excellence is because excellence encourages us about life generally. You encourage us about life generally. Oh, wow. What a beautiful thing. Thank you. For me, it's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. 
That does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to BillBennettShow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We will catch up next week. Thank you.